You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. More people in Detroit bought houses with mortgages last year than in 2015, but still the vast majority of houses sold were paid for in cash. WDET plotted these sales on a map and found that in the area surrounding Livernois Avenue, just north of McNichols, there's a split. Houses in the neighborhood on the east side of the street are mostly financed by mortgages. On the west side, home purchases are mostly cash. As part of WDET's collaboration with Bridge Magazine, Laura Herberg went to the two northwest Detroit neighborhoods to find out what this division looks like on the ground. Nate and Amber Hunt had been looking for a home in Detroit's University District for more than a year and a half when they finally found the one. It felt like home almost immediately when we walked in. Um, And, you know, every room we walked through, we were just like, yeah, this is the place. Here's how perfect this house was for them. Nate says the only change they've made since purchasing it in July is that they painted the downstairs bathroom. It was a weird orange color before we painted it pink. The couple was living in Ferndale with their newborn daughter, Magnolia, when they found this place. Here's Nate's wife, Amber. We really have been passionate about Detroit for a long time, and this neighborhood's beautiful. It's really well-maintained, safe. The houses are incredible, and the size and value you can get for the cost versus Ferndale and the surrounding suburbs is way more. The Hunts sent a photo and letter describing their family to beat out other bids. And it worked. They're financing the purchase with a 30-year conventional mortgage. And that puts them in the minority for Detroiters. In 2016, only about 700 homes, or 20% of real estate sales, were purchased with a home loan. That's up from about 550 in 2015. I think it's a very exciting increase that in any other city, the total number would be shameful. That's Erica Ward-Gerson, chair of the board of the Detroit Land Bank Authority, the agency working to improve the city's housing stock. There's no other city of our size with a number that pathetic. Similar-sized cities like Baltimore and Memphis had about six times as many mortgages as Detroit last year. Oklahoma City had 12 times. Mortgages are granted infrequently in Detroit for a host of reasons, including a lack of quality housing, low credit scores, and low appraisals. Of the mortgages that were finalized in the city last year, most of them happened in clumps in places like Grandmont Rosedale, New Center, East English Village, and the University District, where the Hunts live. There, east of Livernois, 75% of the sales involved a mortgage last year. But on the west side of the street, in the Bagley neighborhood, roughly 75% were cash sales. On Santa Rosa Street, two men are cleaning up trash and raking leaves in front of a three-bedroom brick home. Right now I'm cleaning up because I got a ticket. That's Peter Whitaker. He says he bought this house about five months ago, and it's needed a lot of repairs. It needed complete everything. Um, New bathrooms, new kitchen, new plumbing, new electrical. You know, so it had absolutely nothing. Whitaker says he bought this house and 86 others nearby with cash. He's an investor. We buy neighborhoods, to be honest with you. The Florida-based company he works at has big plans for these homes, which they bought privately from another investor. The idea is to renovate them. 
sell them to overseas investors, and then become the property managers when the new owners rent out the houses for around $1,000 per month. Whitaker says the company also plans to partner with a local church to help some of the renters purchase their homes through land contracts. Whitaker lives in a home he owns in Birmingham, but he grew up as a renter in Pontiac and says he only expects a small fraction of the company's future tenants, most of whom will be African-American, to end up purchasing. We're not taught credit growing up in our homes. We don't have those conversations at the dinner table. You know, I was fortunate. A few blocks away, grocery store clerk Marie Solomon pays $450 a month to rent the home she lives in with her son. Five of the nearby houses are abandoned. Have you ever thought about buying? I have. I just haven't had the money like that, basically. Like, if I had the money like that, of course I would love to be a homeowner. Who wouldn't want that? (laughs) What about getting a mortgage? Have you ever thought about doing that? No. No, I don't really know the steps of going about doing it, so no, I haven't really done it. While mortgage prices are increasing in the city, there's another number on the rise, renters. A recent Detroit Future City report showed that renters surpassed homeowners for the first time since 1950. So while some are overcoming obstacles to take advantage of low prices, the majority of city residents will just have to watch and hope their rents don't go up. Unless, of course, they become homeowners themselves. I'm Laura Herberg, WDET News. Okay, WDET and Bridge Magazine are part of the Detroit Journalism Cooperative, which is reporting, ongoing reporting, about how Detroit is doing. Joining me now to talk about this issue of mortgages and sales and cash sales here in the city of Detroit is Joel Kurth, a reporter at Bridge Magazine who wrote a story last week about the prevalence of cash sales in the city. Joel, welcome to Detroit Today. It's great to be here. Absolutely. And Laura Herberg of WDET is also with us. Laura, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. So, Joel, I I, want to start with you. the numbers here are staggering, and and I think you can't start a conversation with this like this without just going over the numbers of the total sales in the city and the the really tiny uh, number of mortgages that get written. It is it's a it's abysmal. Um, as uh, as Laura's report said, um, you know it's like seven hundred out of thirty eight hundred. And what's sad is that it is is pretty good progress because in I think in two thousand fourteen. It was like 400, I thought. 97% of the sales yeah. were ca- were in, in cash. And, you know, in, in some cities, I just got back from New York, cash sales are a sign of status. You know, you can <laughs> yeah. sell a house in a day for yeah. $2 million. That's not the case in, in Detroit. Um, these are cash sales for, you know, $4,000, $2,000, And, I mean, I think what it's really showing is, is the health of the neighborhoods and and where where the uh, cash sales and, and mortgages are growing, I think the overall picture though is still fairly encouraging. I mean, maybe it's just that we're coming back from ground zero, yeah. so anything is up, but it still shows that you know it. Well, you hear the steady drumbeat of of stories about how the Detroit's comeback, but this is really sort of a, a cold water, I yeah. think, to that, and that just how far you have to go, and I think it really. It, paints a picture a little bit of of this have and have nots narrative that we're hearing time and again in Detroit. And and I feel like there are a couple of different layers to this uh, to this have and have not story. I mean, 
on the one hand, you you do have these neighborhoods that you're talking about where people are paying two or four thousand dollars or five hundred dollars in some cases cash for houses. Uh, as we heard in the story, somebody buying up lots of different houses at those prices. But then you also have cash sales at higher sale prices because people can't get mortgage because when they go to a bank and say I want to pay $150,000 for this house in this neighborhood the bank says we can't we can't we can't loan you money uh, based on that value because there aren't enough comps because we're unsure of what's going on in the neighborhood I mean there's this stagnation that I feel like is caused partially by that as well there is I mean there's a it's like any problem in Detroit. It's you can't there's point a million to things behind thing, it, right? right? Yeah. Um and I think that you know a lot of it is is that there's there haven't been I mean this is not happening in a vacuum. This is this is uh, the city that at one in three houses since you know 2004 have been foreclosed. Yes. And there's been numerous dominoes to fall because of that. And this is I think one of the latest dominoes. Um, you know, there's a lot, so many factors, like even in pretty good areas like Corktown, there have not been enough sales for have comparable appraisals. And so banks are reluctant to lend mortgages. And don't forget too, that, I mean, it's easy, really easy to castigate banks over this, but you know, a few years ago, everyone was criticizing the banks because they flooded Detroit with mortgages, right. subprime mortgages. Because, because they were they, taking advantage of people who they knew right. could not afford them and so now there aren't a lot of mortgages being written and is it is it that banks are being dastardly and redlining or is it that they're being prudent and trying to you know wait out uh see what's what's happening with this rebirth and change of detroit and they also face a lot more regulation now than they absolutely did 10 years ago because of the mortgage crisis. it's a lot harder to write a mortgage and 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 this is also lending is tight everywhere nationally it's just, I think it's what Coleman Young said a long time ago, you know, about uh, the rest of the nation catching a cold and Detroit catching pneumonia. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, Laura, talk about uh, these two neighborhoods. Uh, I know exactly uh, where, you're, where you're talking about, and it is like uh, apples and oranges just across Livernoy. Yeah, it is a little bit, although when Joel was actually out there with me uh, pounding the pavement, and as we crossed over uh, Livernois. So we, we started out talking to the Hunts who you heard in the piece and in, there's some really beautiful homes in that neighborhood. Sure. Really stately historic homes who are, are mostly in good shape. Uh, I don't recall seeing any abandoned homes when we were over there. And then you cross uh, over Livernois to the west side and there's still some really nice homes. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, Bagley historically was a middle class uh, neighborhood. There, there are large brick homes, single family, uh, up and down all of those streets. Yeah, and and we met some people who have owned their homes for decades. Um, you know, when we were just up the block from where we uh, met our investor, Peter Whitaker, we talked to. Uh, a handful of seniors who were out and about. One gentleman said um, the house next door to him had been abandoned for or unoccupied for 10 years and had never been broken into. Wow. And that's to give you an idea of well, this, just how stable the state of that yeah. block and how everybody there, we got the sense everybody on that block was really looking out for each other. I'm sure they they mowed the lawn for that unoccupied home. So it's still a pretty good neighborhood. And there are mortgages happening in, in the Bagley neighborhood as well, about 25%. But with, and though with it, so it's interesting to see like what, if the scales are going to be tipped because cash sales tend to 
beget cash sales and mortgages though when they happen at a higher price point when somebody is able to renovate a home through some of the programs um, that are out there uh, then in theory that will lead to more mortgages because as you were talking about earlier Stephen that creates a higher comp nearby so if you're trying to buy a newly renovated home and you've agreed to pay a hundred thousand dollars and there's a comp in that neighborhood that's close to that level, you're going to get an appraisal that might make it so you can actually get a mortgage that makes it so you can you can buy that house that, right. that you had the accepted offer on. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Joel Kurth. He's a reporter at Bridge Magazine and Laura Herberg, who is a reporter right here at WDET. We are talking about the new mortgage crisis, I guess, here in the city of Detroit, the low number of mortgages that get written each year for home sales. Very difficult to get a bank to loan money so that middle class, uh, upper lower class families can buy houses here in Detroit. Uh, What's the solution to this? Is this a problem that the banks are causing and uh, are therefore the source of the solution? Or are there things that the city or the state could be doing to sort of unblock that uh, that hurdle to mortgages. 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work your comments into the conversation. I especially want to hear from folks in the city of Detroit who are grappling with this issue. If you've Decide you want to buy a house here in the city, agreed on a price, gone to a bank, and then come up short because the mortgage either couldn't be written or couldn't be written at the price that you agreed to buy the house at. I definitely want to hear about that. If you have a success story here in the city of Detroit where you were able to go in and get just a regular old conventional mortgage like people in the suburbs do to buy a house here, Give us a call as well. 313-577-1019, again, is the number for that. Uh, let's go to Lauren in Detroit. Lauren, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi. Um, I just wanted to know if you could explain like why mortgages are preferred or why they're better for neighborhoods or for the borrower. Better for better than cash sales. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great question, Lauren. Uh, Joel or Laura, do you want to take a crack at it? Basically, in cash sales, um, they're generally significantly lower priced. Um, the average cash sale last year in Detroit was, I think, about thirty or forty thousand dollars. The average mortgage was one hundred fifty-five thousand dollars. So, in a normal city, um, it really wouldn't make a huge amount of difference. But cash sales are sort of a proxy for for cheap real estate in Detroit. They're, they tend to be go for significantly smaller. And if you have a house that's going for four thousand dollars, then that uh, affects the real estate, the market prices nearby. And I'd just like to add to that. The other issue is if you want to move into a move-in ready renovated home and and there isn't the the comps nearby of the of the higher mortgages, <clears throat> then you end up with that appraisal gap like we're talking about. And that's an issue because most people don't have about $50,000 cash sure. laying around to cover the gap. So mortgages for a certain price point of a home can actually make home ownership more accessible 
for people who who qualify for mortgages. I'd also say too that I mean that there is a significant amount of cash sales that are going on and and that it it shows I think that Detroit is definitely changing and that there are things that are afoot. I guess the question though is that how is it going to be changing and the people who are typically buying things with cash tend to be investors, tend to be landlords. This is a city that you know not too long ago had one of the highest rates of home ownership among African Americans. It really was a a pillar and point of pride for the nation. And we're rapidly, be- we've become and are becoming more so a city, a city of renters, yeah, yeah. which is not what you want to be. Sure. Uh, you know, the other the other dimension of cash sales that uh, I've been trying to get people to focus on is that uh, cash is dependent on the overall health of the economy. And we have, we've gone seven years without a recession uh, in this country, which is extraordinary. But that won't last forever. We all know that the, eventually the economy will cool down. What's the first thing that happens when the economy slows down? People stop spending cash the way they used to. And so uh, the effect on our real estate market here in Detroit will be more pronounced in the next recession because of the number of cash sales than it will be in other cities. So a lot of these, especially these very high-end uh, cash sales where people paying four, five, six dollars $600,000 for houses, you'll stop seeing that happen. And that is what's driving uh, the, the the sort of recovery of real estate prices here in the city. So it's it, it, in general, you have to have a market uh, that's sus- supported and sustained by regular conventional lending. I mean, there's no such thing as a city that survives without it. But Lauren, great question. Glad you called uh, and asked. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking about mortgages here in the city of Detroit. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Vince in Detroit, John on the east side, Gene in Detroit. We will get to you next. Stay with us. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Joel Kurth, a reporter at Bridge Magazine, and Laura Herberg from right here at WDET. We are talking about home mortgages in the city of Detroit, the difficulty that home buyers have when they decide they want to purchase a home, agree on a sale price, and go to a bank to try to get a mortgage. And they're told, well, the values don't quite match with that sale price. Uh, also, the prevalence of uh, cash sales to uh, investors or speculators, you might call them, who are snapping up cheap properties in the neighborhood. What effect does that have on the city? What effect does that have on the real estate market? What does it have on the overall financial health of the city? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work those comments into the conversation. Let's go to Laura in Macomb. Welcome to Detroit Today, Laura. Yes, hi, thank you. Hi. My question is about um, uh, insurance. So if you're actually able to you know, go through the mortgage process, which is horrific, uh, are there insurance companies that will write the homeowner's insurance? And if so, what's the cost? I've heard from people that it's just been so prohibitive to get the insurance that they haven't been able to buy in the city. And then also, what are the property tax situations? Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Well, 
That, that's a great point. And actually, that's that's another sort of looming crisis in Detroit. Um, you know, insurance rates are set by a lot of factors. Um, and this didn't make a lot of news. I wrote a story about it about a year ago. But Detroit's fire rating got changed. Um, that's basically insurance. Um, their agencies look at the level of fire protection in the city and they assign it a number. Detroit's number went up pretty significantly. And I've been hearing horror stories about increasing homeowner rate insurance rates since then and in companies just dropping out altogether. So you're absolutely right. It's a, it's an un, it's a, another facet of a really complicated problem that is creating even more headaches, um, you know, to homeownership in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great question, Laura. Thanks very much uh, for calling and contributing. Uh, Vince in Detroit, you're up next. All right. Good, uh-huh. good morning. Yeah. Um, thanks for taking my call. The uh, thing I've recently have experienced is I purchased a house about a year ago in Detroit uh, for cash, and then I improved it, made some modest improvements. Uh, I'm in the Island View neighborhood. And in order to make the improvements, I used a credit card. I ran up about $25,000, $30,000 worth of credit card debt. I said, okay, I'll just refinance and pay it off. Well, even though I make well over $150,000 a year, I couldn't get a mortgage company to write a mortgage for it. Wow. Because exactly what you said, there are no comps within two miles of my house. And eventually I did, but I had to pay a higher interest rate, even though my credit rating is perfect and, and I have all the capability to do it. So, and the other last comment is finding insurance for the property wasn't an issue, but insuring any vehicles that are registered. <laughs> well, that's a different issue, issue, right? <laughs> that's a different issue. Yeah. All of us who, right. so who that, live in the city know about experience. that. <laughs> so, so Vince, I'm, I'm curious, uh, what did you end up having to do? Were you able to get conventional financing for this house eventually, or did you have to go another route? Yeah, I, I did, um, and basically, but and and basically, I just took you know my credit cards and paid them off, and now I've got a hundred seventy-five dollar mortgage, a month monthly mortgage, and you know that's over fifteen years. So I'm right. I'm I'm in great shape. I've, I'm very happy with my move. There are a lot of complications, but the real issue wasn't whether or not um, I was able to pay it. So even though there's somebody like myself who says I'm going to go to Detroit, I'm going to become a taxpayer, I'm going to you know get the benefits of living less than a mile from Belle Isle and riding my bicycle all over town and to the ball games, et cetera. But the, the banking, the regulations for Detroit need to be specifically rewritten to redevelop Detroit. Hmm. The, the rules that apply for, for financing and approvals and credit risks in the suburbs can not apply in Detroit. In Detroit. Be, yeah. Because they limit people to being able to finance at a comp. Well, there are no comps, but my ability to pay doesn't have anything to do with it. The problem that the banks have is, is they're afraid that if somebody walks away from the mortgage, well, they'll sure. never be able to sell the house. No, the I, think that's, they lent them. I think that's absolutely right. Vince, I'm, I'm very glad you called uh, to, to share that story with us. Uh, Joel and Laura, the, the city is trying uh, to, to fill the gaps here in, in some ways. I've talked a lot of times with Mayor Duggan about his efforts to do it. Dan Gilbert stepped in uh, in a couple cases trying to, to, to rehab houses in the city and sell them through conventional mortgages. They've, again, made these efforts, but I think if, if either of them were here, they would talk about their frustrations as well. 
Sure. Uh, well, the mayor has made this definitely uh, one of his issues and uh, was one of the driving forces behind the Detroit Home Mortgage Program, which launched last February. And the idea behind this program is that it would help people like Vince by granting a second soft mortgage. So how that works is when it works for buying and it's also supposed to work for refinancing as well as for home renovation. So when there's not that that comp nearby or when you can afford the mortgage, but you know you're going to have to put $70,000 worth of work into it, the Detroit Home Mortgage makes it so you actually get two mortgages. And the idea is then when you're able to uh, purchase your house then at around $150,000, because you got mortgages through this program, you will then provide a comp for when the next person comes around and then they won't necessarily have to use the program. Although the program, which is a partnership between banks and foundations, has money to fund a thousand mortgages. But here's the thing. It launched in February. And uh, when we were working on our story, what was the latest number of closings, Joel? It was a year ago, February. I think they're up to about 29. Wow. Just wow. 29. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. All of these efforts, uh, as well-intentioned as they are, as well-structured as they are, they all just sort of make little progress. I mean, we're not able yet to come up with that big sweeping change that would sort of open the market up in, in a significant way. Optimistically, you hope that if you increase from 400 to 500 to 700, and then you get to a thousand, and then maybe in three years, um, you get to a tipping point. Yeah. The downside, as you mentioned, is we've we've got you know this is the second longest period in American modern history of economic growth, and we're going to probably be hitting a recession soon. Yeah, yeah, and that's gonna that's gonna change things here again in Detroit in a way that is going to look different than places like Cleveland or Baltimore or Washington. Uh, uh, let's go back to the phones here, John on the east side. John, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much. Uh, this is certainly uh, a topic of um, conversation in our neighborhood all the time. Um, and uh, it, it's not a new thing. Uh, when I bought my house in 94, they had to take comps from St. Clair Shores in, in order to finance me. And that's sort of why I got involved in housing. And one of the additional uh, challenges we have down here, and I believe it goes all the way up to Charlevoix, if not Charlevoix, up to Kirchival, is that we're in a flood zone. And when the Detroit, you know, designed Victoria Park, sure. they actually made some promises about flood remediation <laughs> to get us out of the flood zone just to make that a financial success. Right. And now we're back in the flood zone. So basically anything up to Kirchable, uh all along, you know, the, the Detroit River has to have flood insurance. Right, which and is then another on top expense, of that, right, yeah. Then, the, then there was some sewerage back up about two years ago over in Clearpoint Woods, another new division, uh, uh, another new housing development in the last 15 years. And they were told that that was a, they needed, they were required to have a rider on their insurance right. for sewerage backup. So that's part of the problem why we don't have mortgages over here is because it's a lot cheaper not to have flood insurance and, and actually, we're wow. a donor state where we pay more premiums than we collect uh, sure. in, in the national sure. flood insurance. John, so, John, the great points. Uh, I'm glad you called and made those. Again, sort of reinforcing that as you peel the layers back here, you just find one problem after another, all that 
deserve their own unique uh, solution uh, and and that uh, that that a general sort of solution to all these things probably won't won't quite reach. Um, let's go to Randy in Livonia. Randy, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, how are you? Good. I've got about two minutes left, Randy, so we got to make it quick. Okay. Well, I uh, I am a Detroit home mortgage lender, uh-huh. and we uh, there have been some changes made to it. Um, it, and I think this is the game changer you're looking for because if it falls short or they're not comparables, we can split the loan into the two, the first mortgage and the second. We're also doing it now on uh, purchases only, purchases without rehab. Right. And that will allow uh, investors who come in, rehab houses, and then turn them to owner-occupied uh, buyers to finance them. I have a couple of deals in process right now that are those exact situations. So uh, there is a lot of hope and, you know, I would suggest for anyone to uh, get in touch with the Detroit home mortgage lender. Yes. Yes. To, to, you know, find the finance. Uh, uh, Quickly, before we run out of time, Randy, I want to ask you how long you think we're looking at before there's a regular sort of normal mortgage climate in the city where, you know, anybody with good credit, uh, reasonable income can go and get a loan for, uh, you know, just any house in the city? Well, I'm not qualified to, you know, to <laughs> It's a big question, that. I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it gets what you're talking about. But your exasperation <laughs> suggests it's not <laughs> soon. <laughs> but what, what we're trying to do is create a product that mitigates Right, that, right. That works around the issues. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that no, no. unique to the city. Randy, Randy, I uh, appreciate your call and and your input there. Thanks very much. All right, uh, Joel Kurth of Bridge Magazine, Laura Herberg of WDET. Thanks both for you for being here. Uh, that's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. This is one hundred and one nine WDET, Detroit's public radio station. See you tomorrow. <laughs>